The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, I think our coaches do a great job of trying to, you know, mimic the environments that we are in at home. You know, you know, meaning Kansas City to try to keep it all the same um, with family, especially. I think that's kind of on us usually, you know, people pulling you left and right for events and different things. So I think it's imperative that you just stay focused on the task at hand. It's just playing football, you know, still, you know, we still have a goal, you know, like the first Super Bowl. You know what I experienced. You know, you got family going out, you got friends going out, you got teammates that's not required to be in the hotel going out. So, you know, it could, you know, have you thinking like, man, damn, I'm missing something. You're not missing nothing. You know, you enjoy way, way much more after the game, you know, when you win. Ah, baby, I told you. I tried to tell you. See, you all get nervous. Oh, there goes show drinks to this. I told you. Told you before the playoffs started that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win their second championship. And where are we at? In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> and they there. Kiss my Burrowhead ass. <laughs> Kiss it all. Mike Hilton, you can shove it. Everybody, take that. I enjoyed it. I love every last one of you. I have never, listen, Frank, you know I'm not a fan, that that big of a fan of you, Frank Clark. But I'm ready I enjoyed him. I I know you are. Let's let this calm down. But I enjoyed your words of encouragement afterwards in terms of your feelings about Burrowhead. Chris Jones got into the camera and it let it completely get away from him. By the way, you don't have to just keep adding G-E-H-A field or whatever it is. Just say Arrowhead. Just stop adding he's, that into it. He, he's a okay. company man. I know he is. And he wears bears on the, on the outside of his jackets and his press conferences. But what have you. And then obviously Travis Kelsey just went complete rock. I mean, I'm talking 1999 rock with the know your role, shut your mouth, and then clicked it with Jabroni. Did not know he had that in him. But this is where I want to go first. Are you ashamed of yourself, BK? <laughs> Are you ashamed? I'm going to take my glasses off. All right. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to put them back on. I cannot see. Wow, that changes <laughs> it at all. Are you ashamed of yourself, BK? I mean, BK had the audacity to say to me last week, you're always negative on the Chiefs. You're always <laughs> negative on the Chiefs. And now you say that they're going to win the Super Bowl. You're always negative. And I said, check the tape. See how many times I picked the Chiefs. He ain't got nothing to say. And here he comes. I'm scared. I'm scared of Joe Burrow. I'm scared of Joe Burrow. I know. I, 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 heart palpitation. 
I don't know what to do with Joe Burrow. He's just gonna they beat us three times in a row. I don't know what they're gonna do. Oh, so that's I true. Pick, I can't pick the Chiefs. I can't do it. I'm scared. Are you ashamed of yourself? Do you know who's on the other side of the field? I don't care if he had a, a, a fake leg, a wooden leg in place of that injured leg. That Are we is- still doing that, by the way? Do we still do wooden legs? I don't think that's happened around anymore. It right? doesn't matter. Pat could have really tried in prosthetic. <laughs> he could he could have just in case. I don't know. There may be some who like to save on a little money and just go on <laughs> with the wood leg. All right. I don't know what tiny Tim. Some people may really embrace it, but he could have been on a half a still. Doesn't matter. You just disrespected Patrick Mahomes at home, the best quarterback in the world, because you're scared of Joe Burrow. Are you are you ought to be ashamed of yourself? I can't believe you. In fact, I can't even look at you. I uh, glasses right back off. I can't see. <laughs> now you literally can't look at me. Uh, yeah, I am ashamed. I'm ashamed. Um, I'm a fraud. I'm disappointed in myself. You're I'm the disappointed Vikings. in this show. Yeah, yeah. I I am the equivalent on the radio of the Minnesota Vikings on the football field. We're both frauds. We're both complete fraudulent uh, individuals. We're on a podcast I, too, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, radio podcast, whatever this is. I uh on the plus side, Ron, I never lost faith during the game. Oh never, shut up. No, 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 that we do, we sometimes shoot during the game. And I'm telling you, I don't mean this in any kind of feminine way. I just mean this by just how these two people are. BK's worse than watching the game with my mom. <laughs> BK is worse. My I cannot watch the game with Teresa. I can't. She quits on games. She quits. She'll quit. She'll just give up. Give up. My mom to this day did not see the Kansas Jayhawk comeback with Sharon Collins and Mario Chalmers oh, hitting God. the shot because she quit the game because she <laughs> thought it was over. And she, as she would say, moved on to start watching Blue Bloods. She, has quit. she quits the game every week. I cannot watch it with her. She'll come in and start, oh, it's over, it's over. Like, are you kidding me? It's, it's five minutes to go in the first quarter. She'll quit him. Here is BK. It's over. BK texted multiple times. It's over. Nice. I mean, if you, I mean, you had a send off. I'm gonna find the damn thing. Ron literally texted us at one point. I think it was like late in the fourth quarter. BK, you're worse than my mom. I, I couldn't respond. That was the mic drop. No, like, that it was. was. It. That's what my mom. In all like, fairness, it felt like every other game against the Bengals that the Chiefs have played. I'm no Wait, especially when Andy Reid decided to punt that football, I was sitting oh. on my couch like, oh, we're done. We're done. Oh, man. Like, just looking ahead to the next couple of weeks, like, oh, this is going to suck. Dude, punting from the Cincinnati Bengals 39 at the end of the first half. That was the first time. I think that they were up 13 to three. And I said, uh oh, seen this script before. Don't like the way this is going, boys. And I'm telling you, like, at that point in time, the Chiefs used to have this thing about them. And I maybe it's back at this point. Um, I Again, I'm a fraud. I, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm shaken by to my core at it's this point ridiculous. in time. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs used to have this thing where it felt inevitable, right? They could be down by 20 points. 
And even your mom, Ron, would have been sitting there saying, I believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to bring them back. They're not losing this game because Patrick Mahomes doesn't lose. And in that game, they were up 13 to three and the Bengals got the ball back with like two minutes left in the first half. And at that point in time, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to lose this game because it felt like the same script. And as we know, the script is what how this works. Like everything is scripted in the NFL. Felt like the same script that we had seen the previous three games. Uh, and it didn't turn out that way. No, because uh, you're just falling Mahomes. apart. You're just falling apart. Mahomes sucks in the second half. Literally, what's this thing? <laughs> Mahomes sucks in the second half. He did. Are you just scrolling through the text? Yeah, I am. That's, that's pissing me off again. It is like he just he falls apart on multiple occasions. Oh, effing Orlando. Oh, God. <laughs> Mahomes sucks the second half. Congrats to the Bengals on their win. And I shut it off. I was done. I was done. I'm going to throw up from him. I love Pacheco so much, followed by Orlando's getting destroyed. I just hit it. Andy deserves a lot of criticism for the game he's having. I mean, it was just. I don't think Andy was great either. I, I think Spags I mean, was the best coach on the field on Sunday. To hell, to hell with a glass case of emotion. I don't even know what. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> It was literally ridiculous the swings of emotion you get to. I mean, I just can't even. I, I, hey, I, hey. I never thought that I. I don't know if we could physically watch the game together. I really <laughs> don't. You know what's the worst part, Ron? I'm normally not like that. Like I'm really. Not, I swear to you, the vast majority of the Chiefs games that I that, watch, that's just worse as it's been. That, that's just worse <laughs> as it's been. If we've text games all the last year, that's just worse as it's been. That was, and the reason why is because the Bengals take me there, and I think this is the best part. If I'm a Chiefs fan right now, is like we've done this. Nah, we've used the word fraudulent like twelve different times already in the first seven minutes of this show. But here we are again. We've done this stuff with these fraudulent rivalries, right? All of these superficial, nonsensical. Hey, maybe it's going to be the Chargers this year. Oh, the Bills could do it. They've never accomplished anything, but maybe Josh Allen's going to be able to do it this time around. Like, there's been seven different rivalries, quote-unquote, that have existed so far in the Mahomes era. This is the rivalry. This is it. Because they've done what no other team is able to do so far, which is make the Chiefs bleed their own blood. And when you went up against them, at least for me, I genuinely was afraid of what was going to happen on the other side. Now, maybe I was wrong. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. No, there's no maybe anymore. We, can, we, don't, we don't have to be maybe. It's well, over. But I think it's... that was fun, dude. Like, the best part about that game is that it was in question. And it, it felt like a legitimate rivalry. That felt like the budding stages of what could be like for the next 15 years, the single most important matchup in the NFL. And that's pretty damn cool to be a part of. It's I think it's totally valid that BK was having a meltdown over that football it game. Was, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> because I do think there is something to the Bengals bring that out in Chiefs fans. And I'm not somebody who gets worked up over the outcomes of NFL games. Like I, I just have fun watching football and yes, it's good for business when the chiefs win football games. So I get excited when they win, but it doesn't ruin my week or anything like that. 
they still haven't this game these, these games between Cincinnati haven't been decided by more than three points <laughs> like on either gonna... side of the football which is absolutely insane that game was nerve-wracking that game <laughs> they they never at any point in that game were they up by enough where you were like it's over it came down to the final field goal of the game for you to be like oh it's finally over I can rest Man. now uh, you know what? This is interesting. What you just said, BK, like you think, all right, this is fun. It could set up for the next 15 years. I think over the next couple of years, it'll still be a thing. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think this is going to be a, a deal. I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to. I think that I, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be losing to them very much anymore. I, I, like, I, I, if you truly like, if you look at the games, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs have lost these games. Like they, they have, like they have, like if you watch them, they have damn near dominated the games. Just weird things that you just cannot continue to count on and depend on have happened. Just, in, I mean, do you know how? Like, this is the part where I feel vindicated, and and I'll say this right now. Uh, I know I did this at the very start of this podcast when we first started it, um, and I and I feel like at this moment after that display Sunday. I, I need to do it again. Uh, I, I apologize to Brett Beach. Um, I really do. Uh, for years and years, I really didn't believe he had very much of an impact at all uh, on this team. I called him Little Andy Beach. Um, <laughs> that was what he was to me. And I and I apologized at the start of this do you, podcast. How bad do you feel about that? Because it like scale of one I to ten, I, that should I be like a ten. I, I'm you in should a feel really bad about that. I'm in a nine because at the very beginning, I truly <laughs> believe it was little Andy Beach. I think he's coming to his own. Um, but when you look at this this game, as I said, I, I, I feel vindicated. I mean, when you look at the rookie class and, and how deep, not just the rookie class, but how deep this team was when they just started sustaining every injury. This is why I'm, I'm telling you, like, I don't know. Like, if Mahomes doesn't fumble that ball – and mind you, if he can get it out there, that's another 10-plus yards because they had that play blocked up nicely for MVS. If you like, like that, they're in field goal range, right? They just have weird stuff happen. I saw one of – like people want to complain about officiating and talk about it's the AFC championship game, whatever. Everybody just rolling around cool on that damn taunting penalty that they called on Andrew Wiley, which is, some, which is the weakest taunting penalty I've ever seen. But that took them out of field goal range. Like, like if they don't have that freak fumble from Mahomes that involved nobody, like, it, like I think they're going up double double figures. And now Joe's got to throw it every time, and they got to figure out how to how to how to black block Chris Jones. By the way, an absolute monster, best player on the field. I told y'all about Max Sharping. I tried to tell everybody on this podcast about Siren Sharping, and he stunk. Stunk, stunk, stunk. It didn't matter who he went up against. I believed God. It was, I mean, he was getting beat so quick. It was, I mean, it wasn't even uh, the first sack for Chris Jones. I just said, Good God Almighty, Max is Max is fighting it. I was in the car picking up my family from the airport, and I heard I heard Tony Baselli just simply stop after a play and say, Guys, Max Sharping is really fighting it against Chris Jones, really fighting it against Chris Jones. So I, but, but like I said, I owe an apology to, 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 to Brett Veach 
because I don't believe Andy had a lot to do with, especially these late picks in the draft. And you have two seventh rounders who are starting and had a seventh rounders. I'm not talking about the two first rounders who had a huge impact in the game. I'm talking about two seventh rounders that are starting. You come out the game four plays into this sucker, your best corner, a guy that I think Spags had a lot of plans to do with in terms of the slot, covering chase, blitzing, he's out of the game. And now you got to put a, a kid in here who struggled mightily against uh, against this group of wide receivers, especially T. Higgins and Joshua Williams, and he came in and showed up. I mean, the pass breakups from 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 uh, from McDuffie. I don't know what the hell happened to him on that third and sixteen when he's in zone and he's supposed to have the flex, and he just said to hell with it and left Hayden Hurst wide open. But we'll go past that. He had pass breakups. He was great. George Karloftis got a sack in the game and was great giving pressure in this game. It's insane, Jalen Watson and Williams. And I mean, everybody and all of the depth, Mike Dana, who was nasty in the game all over the place. Brett Veach deserves credit. And this team, as I said last week, is more than Patrick Mahomes. And they showed it, Sonny. Yeah, we talked about it all offseason and then into the year of how they were re repurposing a lot of the money, right? They're they're taking it from the Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, that trio, and they've still got two of those three, of course, but they're pushing that out into other areas and they're allowing themselves to kind of become the next version of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's yep. drafting, that's developing, that's spending money via free agency in smart ways where you can go out and get a Carlos Dunlap who came up with a couple of big quarterback hits in this game. You're able to go get a Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the offseason who had an unbelievable game, dude. And like that made up for all of the frustration of watching him this year. That one game was enough. Um yeah. you look I don't, at I don't believe I don't believe Surtis given MVS enough credit. I mean, you've run him through the mud week after week. And, and it's been deserved. Time. It's been I'll totally you, deserved. I mean, it's I'll let BK finish, and I've got I've got something for MVS. By the so, way, yeah. he's he has shown out against the Bengals. Both games this year, he is like the Bengals are his are his team for some reason. I don't understand why, but I'll take it. Like that that's that's good for me. And this was the matchup last year where you saw the lack of depth, and this year it shows out in a big way. The other one that I wanted to give a lot of credit for while we're talking about Brett Beach and what he did during the offseason, Ron, I remember the conversations that we had on this podcast right after the season about Frank Clark. Everybody wanted him gone. Everybody. And it was, I was totally justified. It was reasonable. Man, Frank Clark has once again shown up in the biggest games of the year. Now, we can have a conversation. It's not for today. We'll do it later on, right after the season is ending, and we can determine the kind of where the team goes from here. Frank Clark's making a case to come back at this point. Now, it's going to have to be a reasonable deal, but he's making a case that he's an important piece once you get into the biggest games of the year. My man had a, a sack and a half in this one, three quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, was an absolute monster from start to finish. I, I got to give a bunch of credit to Brett Veach, to Andy Reid for sticking with Frank Clark. And even through what was, I think, an underwhelming season, he didn't have a great year. They knew that guy was going to be able to show up when when the stage got the brightest. So kudos to them and, and kudos to Frank as well for once again showing up in the postseason and continuing to rise up that all-time list of the, the great postseason sack artist. I know Ron's very excited about that. 
I, I think, and you know, we started the show with a clip from Frank Clark's press conference earlier this week, and he's one of the absolute best chiefs that takes the podium whenever he does because he's always going to give you an honest upfront answer, and he he doesn't shy away from saying things to the media, and so that's interesting for us to li- to listen to what he has to say and pull quotes and things from that. But like Frank Clark, I think yes, he's proven that. Man, does that dude show up in big games and in big moments? But it's also just the veteran presence that he has in that locker room. Like, he is an important member of their team during the regular season, even if it's not showing up on the stat sheet, because he is being a difference maker in trying to help develop the younger guys on the team. And that really matters, I think, when you're trying to build a a team like this, especially with so many young players on that side of the ball. But he's been spectacular, and MVS... Like we've been through this before, and Come on. if you do it in the playoffs, the Come money's on. worth it. If you do it in the playoffs, then everything is worth it. We did it with Sammy. We've been doing it with Frank for years now. MVS is going to be a chief next year, and he's going to be a chief next year because of this game, because of this performance. And when all the wide receivers got hurt, he said, I got you. I'll be the guy to make the plays. And he was the most important uh, offensive weapon outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in this game for the Kansas city chiefs. So I owe him an apology and I apologized to him earlier this week on the Arrowhead pride editor show, but I just wanted to put it back out there. I do owe MVS an apology because man, he was lights out. Like all of these passes that we've seen him drop this season where it's, it's like not that, it's not as and I feel like feel like you could uh feel it, like it you is. could go harder at that. I feel like you could you could uh um, you know made a made a move a little bit sooner to go up and get that ball. You're really tall uh at the wide receiver position. Do you not know how to jump? Like all of those things were valid things during the regular season. Um, but man, he was lights out in the AFC championship game. I think it's I think it's overblown. I mean he dropped he's dropped a few. I, listen, MVS's performance very much like BK's thinking about Frank gets you to thinking a little stupid, like like almost with MVS. Like you watch that and say, "Is there another step in there? Like is there another is there another step for MVS? Like is there because that dude right there? Because I'm telling you what, right now he should have had about 140 yards." Because Mahomes on a third down missed him running across the field wide open with the entire side of the field to run with on a third down. And, and, and I remember uh, the only time that Tony said, Tony Romo said something that made any kind of sense. He said, boy, that was a big play. That, 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 <laughs> w- that was just a miss from Mahomes. Uh, but no, I mean, he, he'll make you get some, think, start thinking something stupid like, boy. He's something else. He's something else. By the way, real quick, Chris Jones, maybe the best player in the in the game. Were you were you surprised he was that dominant? Like we talked about Frank Clark, that was big. Those two combined for three and a half sacks. But were you surprised he was that dominant? When I say that dominant, thirty eight dropbacks from the Bengals. Thirty one times he was double teamed. He had eight pressures, five quarterback hits, two sacks. And five tackles for loss in the game. <laughs> what the hell? Like, were you like I knew he's great. Were you, like that was that was Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl. That's Lawrence Taylor. Like, did you were you surprised he could put that together 
Yeah, I mean the the, an- the correct answer is yes because what you just said is is true. Like we just watched one of the all-time great games by a defensive tackle. Like period. Like end of story. That that's going to be on the list of when you look up most dominant performances in the playoffs by a defensive tackle. That, that game, was, I, that mean defensive lineman. That was Reggie White. That was whatever. And, and it might not like it's not number one, but it's up there. It's in the team photo, right? And that's so. Yeah, I was surprised that he was able to do that in part because he had two sacks. Ron, we've never seen it. Like yeah. as we talked about it going into the game, and I think you said it. This is the week that it's got to happen against this team in this game, that offensive line as beat up as it was, I don't care how many times they they're double teaming you, you got to dominate. You got to be the guy. And so once again, we've kind of talked about like both what it meant in that game and then also what it means for the future. Chris Jones earned his contract extension uh, on Sunday night. That that's what that was. And not that it was like in question after the season that he had, but given the playoff question mark that there was about him at times, and he has been dominant in individual games, the numbers just haven't necessarily shown up. That that was the game that you needed to see, A, potentially for a monster contract extension that is now likely coming his way, and B, to solidify what has been a Hall of Fame trajectory career. I think that's the type of performance that starts getting you in those conversations as well. So yeah, it surprised me, but man, they needed it. They needed every bit of it. His performance was like, you know, Aaron Donald is the, the type of guy that you initially think of because they're both like interior guys who can move around the line and just be dominant wherever you put them. But it was also similar to like Von Miller's playoff run when Von Miller carried the defense and Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl championship. Like that's how dominant Chris Jones was. And I know he didn't register a sack against the Jags, but he was still really, really good against the Jags. Like he was still disrupting things yeah. that entire game. And he's been doing that all season, but I think it was fair to question it because we were chasing that with Chris Jones for a long time. Like, man, when this guy looks like he turns it on, he can blow up games with the best people in the NFL. And, but it was inconsistent. And this is the first year of his NFL career where I think he put it together from start to finish. And now we're seeing it pay off in the playoffs that he is playing at the highest level of his NFL career. And I I think it has been good enough for him to get a serious extension because he's still a fairly young player who is getting up there in age, but like he's still a cornerstone defensive player that you can build around. And that performance alone is enough to say, yeah, we can't let that guy leave the building because the reason we can add all these other veteran guys and, and things like that and make them effective is because of everything that he does for us. He is to the defense what Travis Kelsey is to the offense. Like that that's he, what he's become. He, you know, he's Mahomes at times to me. I Sunday Sunday that was Mahomes. I mean, I, I honestly and Mahomes, it will get to him. I think Chris Jones was the best player on the field, like the most dominant player on the field uh, in that game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I, you know what, like, I, as I said, was a surprising because as, as, as dominant as he was, 
there was a lot of surprising performances and things that happened in that game. I, 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 I'll start. Right, for me, I, I don't know how y'all, y'all feel. The, the most, like the most surprising thing, and there's a lot. When Snead goes down on play four of the game, and I, I text, we're in our text chain. I texted as soon as I, I saw the way we moved, and I said, "He's out for the game. That's that's concussion protocol. He's out. There's no way he's coming back." Ten years ago, hell, they wouldn't let uh, Jamal Charles back in the game. And he looked a lot better than that against the Colts. I don't know if it was 10 years ago, but it feels right. Um, but I was like, oh, he's out for the game. Like, that's your best corner. That's a problem. You're going up against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and I think they were, they got they caught a break that, that Tyler Boyd got injured. But Tyler Boyd was in there at, at, at Spurs. You're going up against them, and you know you got to roll with at least four rookies in the secondary. You already know you're rolling with Jalen Watson and you're rolling with Trent McDuffie. Now you got Brian Cook in the back end as well as a safety that got a ton of minutes. And now Joshua Williams, a guy who was just getting done in the last time they played against the Bengals. He's got to play. There were many occasions where that secondary consisted of four rookies against the number one receiving core in football and them boys held up nobody got a hundred yards receiving like they had some flurries the big fourth and six catch that they got in jamar jamar chase just gonna be jamar chase and t higgins had the big touchdown catch coming out of the half in the third quarter but man Jalen watson down at the end of the half made a great play to knock a ball away those kids got two interceptions with Watson, and Watson made a hell of a play. Watson made a hell of a play with his long ass. But him and Williams get two interceptions. Brian Cook tips it away. The young secondary, after Sneed goes down, to me was the most surprising thing, their performance against those receivers. I'm totally in agreement with you. Um, I, I think that he's the, – the secondary in general is the biggest surprise to me. If I was to pinpoint one player that surprised me the most with their performance, it'd probably be Brian Cook. Just because, like, he had played some this year, but I didn't really feel like he was a playmaker prior to this game. Man, yeah. he looked good. Like, there was one play where he was coming from his spot as at, uh, in the defensive backfield on one side. He was the deep safety on the left side of the field. And there was a run that went to the other side of the field that took him all the way around. He was the one that made the tackle, like coming from his left deep safety spot, go, dropping a bit and then going towards making the play. And he was able to stop the guy for a short gain. That's the kind of play we hadn't seen much from him. And that's not even the best one of the game. The best play that he made was after getting beat on the Jamar Chase double route on what was that fourth and six. He ends yeah. up on the other side with T. Higgins trying to run the exact same thing against him, and he's able to make that adjustment, tips it down to Jalen Watson. Um, it's just those are the kinds of plays that you don't expect rookies to make in that kind of a game, and he was able to make them. If I was to throw one other in in terms of surprises for that game, because I – I mean, how many second, do you want to throw in? I mean, good God of mine, you got four or five of them you want to toss I in mean, you, I was just going with your secondary idea. You quit uh, we talked, on the team. <laughs> i'll quit on this podcast if you're not careful uh the secondary we talked about we talked about mvs already i want to bring up isaiah pacheco 
Because I think a lot of people looked at the running game and they were like, ah, they didn't get anything out of the running game, which is true. They ended up with their running backs giving them like 13 carries for 35 yards in the game. That's that's nothing. That's abysmal. But what I do want to give him his credit for is Isaiah Pacheco ended up stepping up as a pass catcher in that game in a really big way. And one of his receptions, that 18-yarder, I felt like energized the team. Ron, this year... Isaiah Pacheco had at least zero games with more than three targets in in that game. He had six against the Bengals. He became in that game what we thought we were going to see from Jarek McKinnon. I didn't think that the Chiefs trusted him in that capacity. I didn't think that Andy Reid was going to be willing to lean on him where he gets six targets and 10 carries in a playoff game. And And he made plays. And he made plays in those in that passing game that I don't think McKinnon can make. Like the big play down the sideline where he breaks tackles, I don't think McKinnon makes that that play. And No, I, I, I agree. Pacheco was in the passing game was, was something else. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, I, sir, I, I guess I'll, uh, I'm scared to go to you, but I, I'll go to you. Like there was a lot of surprising stuff that happened that game. What, what, what surprised you the most? Um, I, I mean, I think – Pacheco's up there and I guess it it is just his like utilization in the passing game because Jarek McKinnon's had kind of a quiet postseason but I I feel like that's something where they're like no we're just letting them know that Pacheco can do this too and then you bust Jarek McKinnon back out in a key situation or, or or something like that but Pacheco has been impressive in the playoffs and you know, I wasn't necessarily sold on him after the regular season. Like I was sitting here saying to myself, like, he's a fine player. Like, you know, he's a seventh round NFL running back. I think it's mostly an interchangeable position unless you get somebody who's really, really special. And I think he's just kind of a dude who they can plug in in certain situations and he can make some plays for you here and there, but might not ever necessarily be a superstar or something. But I just think that the postseason, the atmosphere, like all of that stuff is really contagious. And he's really stepped up in key moments in both of their playoff games and made plays for them. So I think he's been huge. And yeah, it, it just goes back to the secondary too. These these rookie corners and, and Brian Cook, like for them to step up and make those plays. Joshua Williams, I was so happy for Joshua Williams to get that pick that Brian Cook deflected because We've watched Joshua Williams a lot this season. We've seen Joshua Williams really struggle in his transition to the NFL, but the Chiefs kept being confident and going back to him and giving him opportunities. And we saw, and we talked about on this podcast where late in the season, Spags was kind of going back towards Joshua Williams more, even though we could see Jalen Watson was playing better. And now it's like, it kind of feels like they were just trying to get him reps and trying to get him on the field because they knew he could have an opportunity at some point to make a play if they had to go to him. And so that experience was really valuable at the time because we see him step up and make those plays in the postseason. And, you know, this guy isn't a rookie, but he's a guy that doesn't get enough love. And it's Mike Dana, who has been just awesome for the chiefs this season. Like when he's been healthy and on the field, he has been a great, impact player for the chiefs a great rotational player who can play inside and outside and has carved out a really nice role for himself in this defense and had a really big impact in the defense and he just doesn't get enough love because 
you know, they, they have, there's so many guys along that defensive line who make plays, but Mike Dana has been spectacular this season. Listen, uh, and you know, there are a lot of surprises. I think we've left a, a big one out. Mark, can Stan. I give you one? Huh? Can I give you one? Yes. <laughs> Ron looks furious. Sky Moore. Can we talk about Sky? Yeah. See, they, now that was going to go into the bigger point that I, and I purposely did not tell you guys this before we started. Um, who who would have thought that the special teams was going to be a complete asset to you winning the game? And that, like we've, we've said it week after week, just don't be a part of losing it. Like, just don't be a part of losing it. All right, you all can call and cry, and I heard my green bird do it about the blocks in the back. They ain't call them, so they ain't blocks in the back. You get a return to get you to the 50 to set you up for the game-winning field goal. That guy, number seven, nobody has trust in, nobody feels good about, and he is just banging in field goals. I mean, no doubters. There was one, the wind just moved it all the way from one side of the goalpost to the other, and you could tell he kicked it that way. And I mean, there, I mean, he made every kick, and they are returning, they're returning kicks. To the, the special teams was a reason that you won the game flawless in this game. Who would have ever thought that? And that includes Sky Moore. Who every time they punted the ball back to him because every injured player to man was was out for him to catch the ball. I literally turned to my son and said, "I'd put Travis back there just." To <laughs> it's it, it's feel, un it's unreal because we saw. I don't feel all, good at all. All of the growing pains that each and every one of these rookies has had yeah. at any point in this season. We saw what all of the reps built to and, and and those key moments and the chief saying, we don't have a choice. You got to go out there and catch <laughs> the football. And, you know, if you make a play, cool, just don't fumble it. And then Sky makes a play like that was it was incredible to watch all of those young players just step up like it, it was a phenomenal turn in the game where it was like, oh, no, they have to lean on all these guys now. And they stepped up in every way. It was insane. Ron, I told you. I told you in the offseason. Serta did, too. We tried to tell you. Watch out for Sky Moore. Now it didn't happen <laughs> the way that we expected it to. We we thought he was going to carry be, that confidence over in the next season. We thought he was going to be contributing more in the passing game. You mean where, catching the ball? <laughs> he, he did catch it. He did. We finally got it in the punt game. I, I did kind of jokingly mention Marcus Kemp, but our uh, oh hell yeah, thirteen yard catch for a first down. Yeah, Where the hell did that come yeah. from? <laughs> Absolutely huge, and I, yeah, that's why I do want to give Marcus Kemp some love. And our guy Jared Sapp at Arrowhead Pride, who does fantastic work for us, I encourage you guys to follow him on Twitter and, and check out all of his work that he does. But he mentioned this: if the Bengals hadn't picked up Chris Lamont, which was a huge red flag for me early in the week, like I was seriously considering betting on a Cincinnati special teams touchdown because this chief special teams unit has struggled so much this season. I wound up not doing it. And thankfully it didn't because they stepped up and played well, but Marcus Kemp just being this core special teams guy steps in special teams looks great. Like what's going on? What's going on? Why is Marcus Kemp been on the practice squad all year? And then yeah, has that big 13 yard catch for a first down and 
Jared mentioned that if the Bengals didn't claim Lamont's, they wouldn't have activated Marcus Kemp. Justin Watson probably still would have been inactive because he was sick and didn't practice at the end of the week last week. And so they might not have had three wide receivers to put on the field if Marcus Kemp wasn't on the roster in the AFC championship game. Yeah, Blake Bill. I mean, when I when I was watching the 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 the, the group of MVS, Kelsey, Blake Bill, and Jody Fortson out there as Noah the Gray. four. Noah Gray, because remember Blake Bell was inactive. Oh, that's right. No, it was yeah, it was Noah Gray. Yeah, and I, those four out there lined up as receivers and tight ends. I said, "Good hell, what well, good luck the rest of the way." I, I I will say this though. Maybe the biggest surprise is I didn't think Mahomes was going to be able to move the way he was going to be able to move. I didn't think we were going to call design rollouts to throw the first touchdown pass. I didn't think he could roll out, stop, set, plant, and then throw. So his movement was a huge surprise. But isn't is his performance and what he did. I still cannot believe, and like many people who are listening to this podcast, as a person who is 38 years old, who has grown up as a Chiefs fan, who has sat here and watched every other team have the guy, the dude, that you just can't do nothing with to think. And I know many people have said this, and I think I've said it before. The Kansas City Chiefs have Tiger. They have Jordan. They have Jeter. They have they have the dude that everybody is scared to death of. They got the dude that is a doer and not a, oh, let's hope. Nah, man, he gets it done. You could clearly say, see, he was injured, and that wasn't enough. The football god said, nah, man, let's go really mess with you. We're going to take them all out by one. Kadarius Tony, who you could see was going to be a problem in the game for uh, for the Bengals. They were not going to be able to cover him. They weren't going to be able to leave ever. If they ever, ever had Eli Apple's sorry ass matched up against him, he wasn't going to be able to do nothing. And then it was like Juju Smith-Schuster, come on down. And then here comes, here comes McCall Harmon. You get on out too. So he's injured. His receivers are out. And he goes and does that. Like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have the dude that's the greatest out there right now. They've got the best player on the planet. And I don't know about you. I know you two are, are guys that have grown up in Kansas City like I have. I I didn't know any of my teams could have that. I mean, I, I just I, I I I didn't know they I didn't know you could. And they got him. From a team standpoint and a personal standpoint, if you're looking at like being the driving force for team winning, because like Brady had the most successful first five years of a career from a team standpoint, Brady was also a passenger in a lot of ways on those early Patriots teams where it was the defense that was winning him those Super Bowls. He obviously came up big in the end, clutch, but it was mostly the defense that was the driving force there. When you look on what the quarterback has to do and you look at how he's performed, it's it's the most successful first five years of an NFL career in NFL history. I mean, it's Easy. amazing. He's he's hosted an AFC championship game in all five seasons. 
He lost because D Ford lined up offsides in the AFC Championship game his first year, won the MVP that year, wins the Super Bowl, loses the Super Bowl because his offensive line was completely depleted, goes back to the AFC Championship game, and if not for an end-of-half error, I think they end up winning that game last year and go to the Super Bowl once again, and then this year, once again, going to win the MVP, once again, going to go on to win the Super Bowl. It's it's unbelievable, dude. I, I didn't know this was possible. To root for a guy where... Like, despite my errors this week, where I genuinely believed that they were going to lose to the Bengals, you should never pick against him in a playoff game. Have they lost? Sure. But the guy is, like, borderline indestructible. And on one ankle, with three of his top wide receivers out, with a right guard who was limping along out there, and no running game to speak of, he comes up with the biggest play of the game and the biggest moment of the game by running for it, saying, bleep this, I'm just going to go ahead and take care of this myself. It's it's amazing. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever watched, and he plays for our team, and he's going to continue playing for our team for at least the next decade. It's amazing. Yeah, he is like... When you're the person, when the Powerball gets over like a billion dollars, like when you're the person that wins that, like that's what like drafting Patrick Mahomes to your NFL team is like at this point. Like he's unstoppable and there's a case to be made. We haven't seen the best version of him yet. <laughs> like that's what, that's what's crazy is he's still so young. Like we talk about some of the elite, elite NFL quarterbacks and you know, like, oh, they didn't really hit their primes until they were 29, 30 years old, like early, early 30 range, like is when they're really like at their physical prime and like IQ level and football knowledge and all of that stuff. And every single season, any little thing that you could try to pinpoint and say, that's a problem. He needs to get better at that. He gets better at it every time. And it's not just that he gets better at it. He gets better at it than everyone else. And now, like, we used to talk about this with Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers, most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen, like, plays the position, makes the throws in ways that nobody else can, but also operates at a level that is just far and above everyone else in the game. Mahomes is now doing that at 27 years old. <laughs> and and occasionally he might still make a mistake or whatever, but he just operated one of the most efficient offenses in NFL history this season. After you took away his hall of fame wide receiver, he got better because he realized that he doesn't have to throw the 50 yard touchdown. Every time he can be Brady and run this methodical offense if he needs to, and then still create the big plays when they're there. And that's extremely dangerous. And the fact that it's probably not even the best version of it that we've seen yet is absolutely insane. Like he's not, it's impossible to pick against him at this point. And I was at a point where I was like against Cincinnati, I'm picking, I'm picking the Bengals until the chiefs do it. And I backtracked that because I was like, man, everybody's leaning too hard into the Bengals. Like, like, do you not know what Patrick Mahomes has done so far in his career? He's, he's one of the only players in NFL history that I feel like that about. And Brady was one of those in his prime too. He's clearly sort of did. I should, yeah, I should have should, done that. Yeah. Listen, you, we already we've we understood you're ashamed of yourself, and you should be. Uh, clearly, he's also Wolverine. Um, he is. 
Like he's to a point where people are even almost questioning, like, did he have a high ankle sprain? Except we all watched the injury and we know that is clearly what happened. Like you have to go back and watch the injury again to make you believe like, come on, man. Like I've done, <laughs> I've talked to several, I've done several hits around the country. Like, Hey man, how, how do you think he had a high ankle sprain? I was like, you saw the, you saw the injury, didn't you? Like he, he, he's healed himself up so much. Like you almost had to question like Bruh, hey, his knee was like, on sideways and he was back in a moment. Like, what are, what are we doing? And yeah, the, do- and the doctors were like, yeah, he's just got like extra loose. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I mean, I've heard double jointed. I mean, this nut, this nuts triple jointed. But I'm just like, okay, all right. Cause I, I, I didn't know we, I didn't have rollouts in the, in the, in the game plan anymore. I thought that was gone. And then, and then he just takes off and, and, and runs. Uh, on the sideline to, to do what he needs to to do. I, I will say, as you said, we've, we're not seeing the best. What we are seeing, man, not sure if we've seen the best, but we started to see in that game Sunday, and I wonder if the injury had something to do with it, but the level of maturity that he is playing with now, he he didn't he didn't put the Chiefs in a position on purpose to just blow the game. Now, he had that fumble that, I don't. I, I mean, it's unexplainable. It just slipped out of his hand. But he had like there are times we've watched Pat force balls into Kelsey, try to fit balls in, try to like I'm gonna make this play. Third down and twelve, I'm gonna make it. There, like he he checked the ball down or took sacks or threw the ball away. In situations where normally in times in the past, you're like, he's going to try to make a play and fit it in. And sometimes he does. And then sometimes he puts the ball in harm's way and throws picks and makes mistakes. He seemed to be mature enough to trust his defense and trust like the rest of his team that they will get the ball back to him and didn't do what Joe Burrow did, blow the game and throw two interceptions and put his team in harm's way. That was... That was a different level and a different step from Mahomes in this game. A couple of like I was sitting there thinking, it what was it that third down and and seventeen or something where he ends up throwing it to McKinnon and then I know you were ticked off because it was fourth down and eight and Andy elected to punt. But there's a Patrick Mahomes in there that I know that's going that's going to get them fourteen yards come hell or high water. I'm about to fit this sucker in. And he was like, no, I'm going to throw it to McKinney. There are countless times where he just stopped and threw it out to, to Pacheco to get yards. And it made it didn't blow the game. I mean, right? think about that big pass that ended up going to MVS down the sideline, right? Like, that's another one of those where he's just willing to take what's there. And, and I don't know if a year or two years ago that's going to be what he ends up doing. I think he deserves so much credit for the way that he was able to rebound after last season, Ron. Like teams had really figured out a way to defend this Chiefs offense. And the Chiefs were still one of the best offenses in the NFL. Like, I think that's something that that needs to be stated. He was able to work through it, but we all felt it while we were watching those games last year. It just felt off. It felt like it was kind of touch and go at all times. It was herky-jerky in terms of the way that the offense was running. This year, it always felt efficient. It always felt like they were in control. And that's, I think, the next step that Mahomes took this year was it was like, okay, 
he is at all times in control of this game. And that doesn't always mean that he's going to, he's going to score on every, every play or every drive, but he feels what the defense is trying to take away from him. And he's like, all right, you got that. I'll go ahead and take this instead. And that's something that it it takes a while to get there because you so badly, especially with the success that he had early on in his career with a a bunch of the deep balls, you so badly want to be able to still take those shots and have that as part of your arsenal you get frustrated. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to, you do what Ron, you were mentioning, try to fit it in there instead. And he didn't try to do that. He took what was there for him. And I think that the ability and the willingness to do that, that he developed over the course of this season and the trust that he had in the defense as well. I, I think that's something that we didn't have a year ago. I, I think that the injury, if this same injury happens yeah. last year, I think it looks way worse because I think he's trying to do a little too much this year. He's trying, he knew, trying to play like he normally plays. I think this year yeah. he knew I can play this way. I've won this way. And he was just able to go out there and operate the offense the way that we've seen Tom Brady do or Peyton Manning do. I mean, the other thing, Ron, throw this out there, the way that he was operating at the line of scrimmage, like my God, he was changing yeah. up all of the, the protections. Like it was just, it, it looked like we were watching prime Peyton out there at times on Sunday. And that's, I, I didn't think I was ever going to be able to compare Mahomes to, to Peyton. They just seemed like two totally different players. And you, you mentioned everything that he's doing to operate at the line of scrimmage. And that's something that he has gotten way better at this season too. Like that development isn't as easy as people might think it it is like to just say like, well, just check down. Don't try to do this. Don't like, this is how they play. You're playing in a high speed environment. And sometimes your instincts just take over and you want to go make a play. Josh Allen is four years, five years into his NFL career. And he still does all of that. Like, like, like there's been no progress in, in that regard. And Mahomes is out here operating with the IQ of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, but with all of the athleticism and playmaking ability of like prime Aaron Rodgers, and, and he's mixing the two. And I think that the ceiling is even higher than all of those players like put together. And it's just insane. It's just insane to watch him operate. It's an insane run that he's on. And I'm just want to keep having fun watching him play football. Luckily you will, will get to, and, and we'll have fun watching him on Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, we'll have another uh, podcast before that get you ready for that Super Bowl. But next Sunday, uh, we'll we'll be able to catch that and and continue to watch Patrick Mahomes. I guess the early thoughts, BK. I, I'll throw this to you. Your early thoughts of this matchup with the Eagles. The Eagles, the number one seed. They were the best team in the NFC all year. And I mean, if you look at the scores, they have been as impressive as anybody and they have not had any kind of close games they beat the hell out of the giants 38 7 and they won this game against the niners in the nfc championship game at home 31 7 jalen hurts has been back and they've dominated your early thoughts uh for this game eagles aren't ready for this they're they're just not ready for this kind of an offense Guys, now, now, he's, now he's all in on the oh, Chiefs. Now, now you're now you're all. I mean, good hey, listen, yo. Jalen Hurts, you sir are no Joe Burrow, and I am sorry to be the first one to mention that, but that's where we're at. Listen, this Eagles defense is really good, man. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. this Eagles team is really good, but 
you look at what they've done this year. The Eagles had an, and you'll hear this all week. I'm sure it'll be kind of one of the big talking points, but it's true. They had one of the easiest paths to the Super Bowl in NFL history. You look at their schedule, Ron, the best offenses that they've gone up against this year are probably the Lions, the Packers, and the Cowboys, I would say, probably the three best. In those three games, they gave up 35, 33, and 40 points, respectively. Like, the defense is good. I'm not trying to take that away from them. They're not like the the early 2000s Ravens. They're not the 85 Bears. They're not even the early 2000s Patriots. Like, this is... It's just merely a, a very good front. They've got a very good pass rush. They got a couple of good corners, but this is a defense that does not have the answers for this Chiefs offense. I think it could be really fun and high scoring between the two teams, but I don't think they have any answer for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that they are prepared for what's about to hit him. They've gone up against no quarterback against the 49ers and the ghost of Daniel Jones in that game against the Giants. They haven't seen anything like this Chiefs offense, not yet. Yeah, they haven't seen this offense yet, but I, I'm mean, I, I want to let's cool let's cool the Jets here. I, I, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say. Last week I was very very confident because so many people. You're more were, afraid this week. Hey man, I I don't think you should take this Eagles team. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think you need it. They're very they're out. very I, very talented. I, they have, is, they I, have I, superstar players. This is at well, almost this, every level. To get to where you're talking, I I don't know about superstar, uh, but. Listen, to get to what you're talking about, though, last week against the Bengals, like so many people were talking about, they felt the Bengals were going to win because they had the better team. And I just think I think a lot of the Chiefs players get lost in the shuffle because everyone just sees Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey to an extent. Uh, and I don't even think Chris Jones get the, gets the respect that he actually deserves. But I think anybody people – like, honest to God, I think people still – there are some people who still view the Chiefs defense like the 2018, 2019 Chiefs defense because they just – because Mahomes, Mahomes. Like, people will say, like, Mahomes has to drag them and win by themselves. Like, I looked at that game and I thought the Chiefs have advantages all over the place and especially in major, major areas. They don't have those advantages this week. Uh, the, like in the trenches in that last game, I knew there was no way the Bengals could handle the Chiefs' defensive line. And I, and to be honest, I was disappointed in, in the run game with the Chiefs' offensive line. But then, but but the Bengals didn't get close to like I mean they fast protected their their tails off like they they do most times. So I knew they would dominate there. The Eagles have the better offensive line, and the Eagles have a hell of a defensive line. I, I'm not going to definitively say that I think that the Eagles have a far better off defensive line than the Chiefs because uh, they don't have a Chris Jones. They've got good depth, but the Chiefs have better depth than people give them credit for. Um, but it's hard to go against four guys who have 11 sacks or more across that defensive line uh, in Hargrove and Josh Sweat and in and, um, and, and Hassan Reddick. And I always – who's the other one? Who's, who's Graham. And Graham, Brandon Graham, they all have at least eleven sacks, and 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 Hassan Reddick had sixteen, which is second in the league. Um, so I, I, I like I don't feel as comfortable that the Chiefs have the advantage, uh, uh, more talent. Actually, I think overall, I think the Eagles have more talent. That's why I think it's very imperative that the places that the Chiefs have the advantages, 
And I happen to think those places are the two most important places that you want on a team. And that is coach slash staff and quarterback. They got to dominate almost when clear, maybe not dominate because Jalen Hurts is the second team all pro this year, but he's not anywhere near uh, the level of Mahomes, despite the silliness that I heard on WIP in Philadelphia today, actually having questions of, Hey, is Jalen Hurts as good as Patrick Mahomes? And I heard dummies calling in and saying, he can do more than Patrick Mahomes. I think Jalen Hurts is better than Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to my man Ike Reese in the afternoons on Philadelphia radio who said, he's just not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's just not. I don't know what we're, what um, we're getting at here. You watch Jalen not, Hurts throw football. Not <laughs> and he, no, but Jalen is good. It's just. This he's is, good. He's this, also hurt. And I don't yeah, think he's, he's at 100%. And but I just, but 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 just to, just to finish the point though, I, I I think it is it is imperative that Mahomes is the clear better player at quarterback in the game, like clearly an advantage there over Hertz. And I think Andy and the staff, Andy like Andy versus Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, he's got to. I mean, he's got to crush him. And that that he's got to come. He's got two weeks to prepare and find things. And we heard about Andy with the Bible. You got two damn weeks, all right, to, to get ready for this. And Spags should be able to take advantage of, of, of Shane Steichen and, and Nick Sirianni over there on the offensive side of the ball. So their coaching staff and their quarterback, which I think are the two most important positions on the field in, in, in football, they have got to dominate in those areas because I think the Eagles have a better secondary, better receiving core, better offensive line. You could probably say a better defensive line. So they have advantages there in terms of players, but they got to dominate those spots. I think all of that is right. And I think that Andy does have to put together like his best game plan of the season. Like, I wasn't overly impressed with Andy's game plan in the AFC championship game. I think Spags was brilliant and uh, he had to change on the fly too, which it's yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in all fairness that, that that's true. Like you, you lose all those position players, those skill players, like you have to adjust things and you have to, and you have to figure it out in real time. And so that that's all of that is totally fair and valid, but Andy is going to have to bring his best game plan of the season. And this whole Andy after a bye thing. Yeah. Like that is all going to play huge into this matchup, but I, I think what it really comes down to. And I think that Jalen hurts is a spectacular football player. Like Jalen hurts is really good, but like BK said, he is playing hurt right now. And the Eagles over the last three games that he's played in, they've really gone out of their way to say like, we don't really want to push it with his shoulder because it made him miss time. And we're not really confident in him throwing the football. And in both of their playoff matchups, they didn't even have to throw the football really because Brock Purdy goes down for San Francisco. And then it's just the Eagles offensive line. So good. They're just, and they're one of the best rushing teams in NFL history. Like they were just literally like, we'll just run it down your throat. And that's what they can do to almost anybody in the league when they decide that's the route that they want to go. So I think defensively, if you can slow down their rushing attack and force Jalen Hurts to try to beat you with his arm, because I think over the last couple of games, they've made it pretty clear that they're not confident in him throwing the football all that much. I think that's how you can really test them offensively because their offensive line 
is good. Their offensive line's really good. It's the best offensive line in football. And so if you're expecting Chris Jones to go out there and do what he did in the AFC championship game, he's probably not going to, he needs to have his key moments in this game, but this offensive line is as good an offensive line as you're going to see all season. And, and just their roster top to bottom is just loaded with talent. Yeah. I want to be clear. I, I didn't say anything about how the chiefs were going to stop them. Um, I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I don't think their defense can stop the chiefs. And I stand by that. Like I understand they've got a very good defensive line. It's excellent. It's also predicated on a lot of pass rush and their middle of the field is not good. And if you're looking for where this specific Chiefs offense wins, it's in the middle of the field. You got Travis Kelsey of Juju Smith-Schuster. It sounds like he should be back for this game. If he's healthy, ready to go, he wins in the middle of the field. I, I don't think, and I, I will stand by this until the moment that the game is played, I don't think that the Eagles can stop this offense. I think I would be shocked if the Chiefs do not score at least 30 points in this game. And that and that and that's where I think the the defense can come into to play for the Chiefs. Um if this is a place where the Eagles see the Eagles and I think this is something you've kind of got to and I said this like they've dominated these games. But they haven't they haven't been forced to make Jalen Hurts have to to do anything he doesn't they don't want him to do. I mean, I don't. I don't know if Jalen's eclipsed 160 yards in either one of these games. He hasn't. He hasn't passing. Uh, and 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 Haley only rushed for four, 39 yards because his yards. Last were week wasn't at, a real football game. Like yeah, his yards my, were set at throw that one out. And a half. I mean, neither out. of their playoff games really have been like they, they just ran all over the Giants. He didn't have to throw in that game. Yeah, and the Giants had the the ghost of a former Florida linebacker playing for them. Like he, these games haven't been real. What they did during the regular season was these playoff games are they're they're an abomination. His yards were forty seven and a half rushing, and I took the over. So I mean, yeah, he only had thirty nine yards uh last week and rushing uh but no he they, they have not he has not been forced to have to play i mean straight up now if the if if the eagles are allowed to be able to run the ball because they they have a very um uh, cutting edge run game and, and they've got several different guys and they use i mean they had they were in fred warner's head with that with that RPO situation a lot in that game, just freezing him for for seconds because he didn't know what was going to happen. But if the Chiefs get leads and get a lead and 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 they're up something like two scores and now forcing Jalen Hurts to have to throw the ball, I want to see I, I want to see how good that offensive line is stopping the Chiefs pass rush when we all know they got a pass. Like, I want to see that. I want to see that. And, I, and I'll say this one thing, and we'll get to a lot next week. I loved, loved the aggressive way Spags was playing his corners last week against those receivers. I hope that doesn't stop. I hope that doesn't stop. I think it led to several sacks that Joe didn't just have easy, easy answers early uh, in routes because the Chiefs secondary were playing tight, bump and run, and not just – giving space and giving them too much respect. I, I hope that continues next week. All right, that, that's fun. Next week we'll uh we'll get ready and break down the Super Bowl. Super Bowl as I as I said, there we go, baby. There we go. Can they get their second one in uh in three years? But still the toast man. Five consecutive 
AFC Championship Games hosted at Arrowhead, at Arrowhead Stadium, and they're in their third Super Bowl. Uh, Just amazing. as we all predicted. You heard it right here. What? Just as I predicted. An amazing time <laughs> here. We are out.